You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Um, well, we're going to have a fabulous uh, morning this morning. I was praying and I was putting this word together and I really felt God take me on a journey. I felt God give me just a completely different um, revelation on how to arrive at freedom. And so I just want to share those things uh, with you. And I do encourage you, like Pastor Mike said, get a hold of all the homework and the resources because I cannot even touch on really all of the resources and information when it comes to to freedom. But I want to open us up just to a thought, a perspective that I believe is a gateway to really help us to all get free. Um, How many of us here have ever been in fear of something and then you find out more to the story or you find out like the real story and you're like, what in the world was I afraid of? One one time, um, this is quite a few years ago. This is really embarrassing, so I'll embarrass myself so you feel good about you. And so um, I was living in my house. It was a two-bedroom condo. I was living by myself. And um, one day, I got ready for work, and I opened up the door. And you know how you have the welcome mat in front of the door? Well, I saw this little, like, this little, it it looked like a rat's tail. And I, I, I freaked out, like I am a girl through and through. And so I am like, oh my gosh, what, what do I do? And, and so I kind of just went like, like that, you know, like, is it going to like run away? And, and nothing happened. And I literally slam the door shut. And I am like freaking out. I'm like, I can't leave my house. There is a rat under the rug in front of the door, and I'm sweating. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. And like, who do I call? It's early, and do I say, come to my door and free me of this rat? And so I'm freaking out. I kind of get the courage to open the door again. I'm like, surely it's just, it's gotta leave. Like, it's just gonna leave, and it doesn't leave. And I'm like, I kid you not, two hours, you guys. I missed my first appointment. I'm rescheduling my whole day from the inside of my house. And I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I can't get rid of it. This is so gross. And so I'm like freaking out two hours of my life. And I'm finally like, I have a day to get to. And I am type A. Like, I need to make it happen. And so I'm like, all right. Give myself a pep talk. You can do this, Stacy. And I gain the courage and I open my door. I see that little tail still there. And I take that rug and I just flip it and scream and freak out all at the same time, only to realize that it was a stick. There was no said, you guys, two hours of my life wasted because of a stick in front of my door. (laughs) It's ridiculous. But how many of us waste years of our lives 
in fear of what we don't know. We don't know the whole story. We don't know the whole truth. We don't know all of the things. And so when you take fear and you mix it with, with no knowledge or understanding of God, you can live gripped with fear and waste precious time in life. And I want to help us prevent that. Um, I've had a lot of time off the last couple weeks. Um, I've been nesting in my new home. It's been lots of fun. And um, so I've watched like a lot of shows and stuff, just did stupid things. <laughs> and um, has anybody ever watched the show Blacklist? Oh my gosh, obsessed. Okay. So I watched the show Blacklist and um, Raymond Reddington, stealth man that he is. Um, if you don't know, just... He's a stealth man, okay? He's calm no matter what happens. The whole world is blowing up and he's fine. He has a plan. Um, and he's teaching an apprentice. And there was one line that caught my attention because all of a sudden the enemy starts coming in and the apprentice starts freaking out. And Raymond Reddington turns to him and says, fear is a liar and it ignites the enemy. Fear is a liar and it ignites the enemy. And I thought, gosh, that just sums up literally the plan of the devil, like the demonic. It's like if you want to live in chaos, heartache, pain, whatever, all you have to do is live in fear and it ignites enemies everywhere. But we do not have to live that way as Christians. I don't want us to have fear mixed with these partial stories, igniting enemies, and li us living under what God has called us to live over. We don't have to live that way. We can live in freedom. And to be really clear, I wrote out a list of things that I think it means to be free. Just so we have an understanding when we're talking about, it's Freedom Sunday, we can live in freedom. Well, what does that mean? By free, I mean we don't have to live tormented, depressed, angry, cynical, harsh, addicted, feeling rejected, living in grief, cycles of pain, playing the same scenario over and over and over again on our head with nothing changing, living trapped in the past, can't seem to move past what happened years ago, moving from one trauma to the next, living in chaos, confusion, poverty, lack broken relationships, whatever is stealing your peace, I believe with all of my heart, we can get free from. I believe we can. And God revealed this to me through um, a story in 2 Kings, and I want to read you that story. 2 Kings 6, we're going to read 8 through 16, so just follow along, and then I'm going to open, open up some truths from this passage of Scripture. It says this, when the king of Aram, and the king of Aram, that was the king of uh, Assyria at the time, or Assyria, when the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, we will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately, Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, do not go near that place, for the Armenians are planning to mobilize their troops. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God time and time again. Elisha warned the king so that, he would not, so that he would be on the alert there. And the king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, which of you is the traitor? 
Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It's not us, my lord, the king. One of the officers replied, Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel even the words that you speak in the privacy of your own bedroom. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back to Elisha at Dotham. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses surrounding the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are many more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Okay, let me just break this down. First of all, The Lord was revealing strategies of the enemy to Elisha. So the the king of Aram is devising plans in his own bedroom. He's working it out. He's like, I'm not even going to the office. Right here, I'm sending orders. And Elisha, in a whole different place, in a different city, communing with God, has a relationship with God, and God is revealing to Elisha the strategy. When we pray, are we listening to God? What is God revealing to us? God unlocks mysteries. He unlocks the secrets. He can unlock the plans of the enemy. And then Elisha, his servant, you know, all of a sudden, the, the, the armies are, are sent out because the king is, is, is like, what? go get Elisha. Like, take him out. He's ruining my strategy. I can't take out Israel because of this prophet. So go get him. And he sends his armies. And Elisha's servant looks out there, and the armies are a-coming, and he's scared. So it's a real battle. It's a real war. I do not want to minimize our real issues of life. We have real battles. We have real wars. We do not pretend that bad things don't happen to good people. Life happens to us all. But as Christians, we can see way beyond the physical. And Elisha's servant was so scared. And so Elisha does this thing. He prays. And he prays to God and he says, God, open my servant's eyes. Let him see. Let him see what I see. See, Elisha wasn't shaken in his boots. Elisha was not in fear. The armies were at his door. He's stealth, like Raymond Reddington. <laughs> and he's with his servant, and he prays. And how amazing of God that God listens to the prayers of his people. And God answers Elisha's prayer. And God says, okay. And he opens that servant's eyes. And when, when his servant's eyes are open, now the servant's eyes were open already, weren't they? He could see what was in front of him. But they weren't open to the supernatural. 
He was seeing only the physical, but we are not just physical beings. We are body, spirit, and soul. There is a full spiritual world that surrounds us. We cannot live our lives as Christians only looking at the natural, only looking at the physical, only caving to fear because of what we see with our own eyes. We have to pray the prayers of God, open my eyes that I can see the supernatural. And when I see what's happening in the supernatural, all of a sudden my perspective can change. I can change. The things can change. And God opens the eyes of the servant and he sees, he sees chariots, horses, fire. He begins to see angel armies. He begins to see the full weaponry of God that's there ready to pounce. And it changes everything. The title of my message is called Secrets Revealed. Secrets revealed. I want to put it to us today that when we take an opportunity to pray those prayers and actually allow God to shine the light on our real situation, the story behind the story, the spirit behind the situation, I believe just like Elisha's servant, everything can change. You go on to read in that story and they took out the enemy in the most incredible way. And God will do that on our behalf as we begin to seek him and find him. And this morning, I am gonna concentrate a little bit more on us opening up our eyes to God instead of being fear of the darkness and the demonic that is at our feet because we have so much more power than that. We're so far above as Christians. When we begin to recognize who we are in God and the authority that we have, demons, demonic, darkness, all of those things, they're nothing. We're so in fear of things that, that, that God has called us to just break off, leave in the name of Jesus. I don't have contract with that. I'm not gonna live like that anymore. When we have an understanding and a new revelation like we heard from Chris this morning, everything can change. Point number one, God wants to reveal truth. He wants to reveal truth. All we have to do is ask him. The Bible says this. God talks about secrets and mysteries and darkness. There are things. There are mysteries. If you're in here and you're new and you're like, what is this girl talking about? Don't worry. Just jump on the roller coaster. You got time. God's a revealer of truth. And if you're in here and you're like, I don't even know what's happening or what she's talking about, but I'm fasting, I'm interested, that's because you have God already on the inside of you. You have a knowing and a searching because God says that he wrote his laws on our hearts. God has written morality on our hearts. You don't have to be told a hundred different Bible verses of the Bible to already have a sense of the supernatural. If you found yourself in this place, make no mistake, you're already hungry for the things of God. Luke 8, 17, for nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. 1 Corinthians 2, 10, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. We can't heal ourselves, we cannot get free ourselves, It is through the spirit of the living God. 
Colossians 1.26, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to the saints. Proverbs 25.2, it is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search it out. We heard this morning that we are kings and priests. That is us. We are both kings and priests, and it is up to us to search out the mysteries of God, and he is ready to reveal those things to us. I love it because we may have the same war just like we saw with Elisha, the Elisha's servant. There was a war, but once he was, his eyes were open to the truth, it was a different perspective. Different outcome brings a different kind of victory. And if you find yourself kind of like we heard in a series of, you know, um, hardships, uh, broken relationships, make no mistake, the actual symptoms, the situations that we're dealing with, it's not those things. So if you're in broken relationship after broken relationship after broken relationship, and you're like, what are wrong with all these people? <laughs> it's not all them. No, no. We have to look at the man in the mirror. We gotta, we gotta turn that mirror. And we need to look and we need to go, what is behind this series of broken relationships? And it's not just that we're dysfunctional. It's not just that we grew up in dysfunction, although the human race has. It's that there is a spirit behind these things. It's that we came into agreements in contracts with things like, I will never trust a man again. I will never trust a woman because I got hurt when I was 17. I will never, those kinds of statements, I will never, I will always, we have to break contract with those things. Because that's an open doorway for darkness and evil to get a hold of that and affirm those things in our life. And now we find ourselves in broken relationship after broken relationship because we've got a spirit at work behind an actual, some, a truth, something that did actually happen. But instead of breaking open and going, I reject that in the name of Jesus, I receive God's perfect plan for my life, we're stuck in the cycle. We're going to get unstuck today. And we cannot get unstuck by looking to the world. Um, point number two, we cannot find truth and healing from the world. It has none to give. Make no mistake. When we go to search out these things, you cannot heal spiritual matters with physical things. Let, let, me, just, let me just help us. Romans 12, 2, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, by gaining the perspective, the truth of God. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. When our heads are filled up with the ideas of the world, confusion, chaos, can't see my way forward, don't know what my future is gonna look like. If we can't see our world clearly and our future clearly, maybe some of the world has gotten into us. 
maybe some chaotic thoughts that aren't meant to be there has gotten on the inside because God is clear. There is no chaos in God, but there is in the world. There's a whole lot of it. Bible says, Isaiah 55, eight through nine, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord, and the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So right there we establish, there are world thoughts, our thoughts, and God thoughts. Let me make it really clear, we gotta get to the God thoughts. (laughs) We gotta get to the God thoughts. The world thoughts are gonna bring us down. Our thoughts, good as they might be, they're not God thoughts. We get to the God thoughts, we get to the freedom. (laughs) You know, I was thinking about this because it's so sad. The world promises so many things and cannot deliver. And people are searching. They're searching so much. I, like I said, had a lot of time on my hands, so I was watching documentaries and things. And um, I'm kind of obsessed with this little, like, it's called like goal cast or something like that. And it's like stories of people in the world. And um, it always catches my attention. And I'm like, oh gosh, I have to know everything. Okay, tell me more. It's like that human nature side of things. Like I want to know. And so um, I was watching one and it was actually Elon Musk's first wife, Justine. And she was sharing a story about how her and Elon had six children. And they're like, oh, but you have five children. She's like, no, we had six. And she shares a story and she says that um, one of their children at 10 weeks old uh, passed away with a form of SIDS, which is sudden infant death syndrome, which is difficult because there's no answers. There's no why. You don't know. Your child passes away. And she said she was struggling with so much grief. And she said that Elon never talked about it. It happened. He went to work. He shut himself off never talked about it. She couldn't do that. She was living with so much grief. And so she said, you know, they said, well, what, has anything helped you along the way? And she said, well, I guess a little. She said, you know, I went to this thing called Burning Man. She said she went seven years in a row. And Burning Man, I did a little research. The world, uh, they try to take truth, uh, but they do a very poor job. And that's what happens when you don't have actual truth or Jesus, you do very odd things. And Burning Man, let me just read you a little bit about what it is, according to Google. Burning Man is an annual week-long experiment gathering in a temporary community dedicated to anti-consumerism, which I found hilarious because the average budget for a normal year of Burning Man is $45 million. Anti-consumerism, just saying. Dedicated to anti-consumerism, each ticket costs about 400 bucks. Um, They are dedicated to self-expression It's a festival of art, typically attracts around 35,000 people. It includes artistic performances, installations, music, lots of partying. Clothing is optional. There's no running water. Uh, You bring your own food and water. It traditionally culminates with the burning of a large wooden sculpture of a man. 
The average age of a person that goes to the Burning Man is 35 years old. Um, they've also found uh, many children there and elderly. I find that fascinating because what's even sadder is this is not 18-year-olds that just don't know what they're doing. These are real people searching for real truth. How very sad that they are brought to a desert, given no food and water, and they erect idols everywhere. There's these artistic symbols. They build temples. They build a man. A man. What is a man to heal? What is a man to, to do? And then they tell these beautiful people that they can get healing and help and express themselves there. And Elon Musk's wife was there, and she said that she took the name of her child, and she wrote it down. And as they built a temple to gods and man, she would, she would throw it into the fire, and it would burn. And she said every year for seven years she did this, and it would bring her a little bit of peace. A little bit of peace? A little bit of peace? I was distraught. I'm like, oh, if only... If only she came to church. If only she came. If only he would come. You think about the difference in what we have here and what we have at Emerge. Why, why is Emerge so different? Don't they also write things down that have plagued them and put it on a piece of wood and throw it into the fire? Why is that not different than Burning Man? Because it's a different God. The God of the universe can heal every broken heart, can restore, can bind the spirit of grief, can tell grief to get out of any person, to restore on the inside the hearts of men and women. We don't need to burn a man. We need to find our God. We need to find, our eyes need to be open to very real spiritual truths. And the world is searching. The world is searching. Years ago, I was in church and uh, a woman came forward on an altar call one night. And she said, I said, yes, can I help you? And she said, yes, um, I came here because I, I noticed there was power here. Thought that was interesting. As I began to look at her, I, I just started to get this kind of weird feeling. And she was dressed from head to toe in luxury diamonds falling off of her, like picture of wealth. And she said to me, um, I just want to let you know that, that I'm a witch. I was like, oh, that's a great way to start a conversation. Hi, my name's Stacy. Hi, I'm a witch. All right, well, let's start there. Um, <laughs> so like any good pastor, I went and ran and grabbed another pastor. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just, just hold on one second. I'm just not going to have this conversation by myself. <laughs> and so um, I went and grabbed Pastor Pam Strickler, and her and I um, began to have a conversation with her. And... I said, well, tell me, why, why are you here? You're a self-proclaimed witch. And she said, well, I just, I kept coming by, and I, I do know that there is power here. I said, yep. And I said, well, 
why do you need it? And she said, well, I have a level of power. And I said, yes, you do. See, darkness is very real. And it does have a level of power. I didn't deny that. So I said, mm-hmm, yep, you do. And she said, I said, what kind of power do you operate in? And she said, well, the dark arts. Mm. Um, okay. She says, she goes, but the thing is, I said, well, how's that working for you? Why are you here? You have dark arts. You have levels of power. She started telling me about all the money that she has. She said, oh, I have lots of money. Money comes to me. It's attracted to me. She goes, you know the sweepstakes? I won that. Showed me a picture. I don't doubt she did. She said, I, 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 have, I have all the things I could ever want. I have men. I have money. I have things. I said, but why are you here? And she said, well, if I were honest, all of the power, she goes, it just wants more. She said, I have all the money, but it falls through my hands. I have all the men, but I have no love. And the darkness, it wants more from me. It never stops. It never stops, and I'm starting to get a little bit scared. And I said, you see, that's the thing. It's the big difference. You've lived in levels of darkness and operated in those things. I've lived in the light. And there is, you're right, a very real power here. It's the power of the living God. And the power of the living God doesn't take from us. The power of the living God gives. In fact, he gave everything. He gave his son Jesus to die on a cross for our sins that we could have everything, that we could live in freedom, that it would not take from us, but it would give to us. You don't have to live in darkness, my friends. You can live in the light and receive from the light everything that you need. She uh, wasn't ready that day to give it all over, but I believe and pray that some seeds were planted on the inside of her. My last point is point number three. Ask God to reveal truth, which exposes lies and sets us free. Do you know that God can overwrite trauma with truth? We've gone through some real stuff, haven't we? <laughs> if we assess our lives, every one of us, myself included, we've gone through stuff. We've gone through traumas. We've gone through pains. We've gone through real life situations. And unfortunately, because we live in a natural world, oftentimes we can open ourselves up to things that we never ever even realized would steal from us. There are all kinds of areas of, of darkness that is very easy to give ourselves over to, some without even realizing it. Deliverance is the act of setting a person free. People talk about demons, demon possession. As a Christian, can I be demon possessed? Not as a Christian. As a Christian, you can be demon oppressed. There's not full possession of any one of us because we have Jesus on the inside of us. We are not robots. God is not pulling the strings. He gave us free will. But 
there is a very real spiritual dark world. And there is very real demons in darkness. A third of the angels fell when Satan fell and they walk the earth and their job is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what the Bible says. What do they kill, stealing, and destroying? Everything that is godly. And where does God live if we're a Christian? In us. So there's a real devil coming for us. But if we are Christians and we received of God, then the power that we have, the power that God gave the disciples and all of the world, the Bible says all authority in me I give to you. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead. The same power where Jesus exercised miracles. The same power where Jesus looked at, at, at the demonic and, and demons that filled a man and said, be released, be loose, be gone, and those demons fled. Is the same power that lies on the inside of you and me. And it's not complicated. You don't have to go to school for, for 20 years to figure out how to get a demon out. <laughs> you can literally say, in the name of Jesus, I will not cooperate. I will not partner with darkness, with the demonic. Leave in the name of Jesus, and it has to leave. Sometimes we make it more complicated than it is. It's not. You know, I used to work at um, Paychex, payroll services, which is hilarious. If you know me, that's hilarious because I hate math. But anyways, <clears throat> I worked there. And I worked in corporate America before I became a pastor. I was a Christian, and I was a pastor there. Wasn't titled as a pastor, but that's what I was. We are who we are. So I was technically a sales rep, but most of the time I was a pastor there. I Let me explain. Corporate America, paychecks. It's a Fortune 50 company. We were the top sales team in the nation when I worked there. But when I walked into my place of business, I didn't just walk in with my physical eyes. I walked in with my spiritual eyes. And what I saw, oh gosh, I remember. I, I was so pained at the state of the world. I, I was standing with young people, we were all in our late 20s, early 30s, rich. I mean, we were the top sales people in the nation. So there was a lot of money, a lot of things. These people that worked there, they were beautiful. Honestly, I was like, how did I get in here? <laughs> it was like models. Every, everyone was like a sales rep model. So it was like sales rep model meets money, meets all the things you could have in the world. But I, I looked far beyond that. And I saw hurting people, devastated, hollow on the inside. I saw people using everything that they could and not getting real joy. And I went to work. I'm like, this is my mission field. This is my battlefield as a Christian. Because, and I, I want to say this because I don't just want us to think that deliverance happens here on an altar, and it does. It happens out there too. And we have got to learn how to utilize everything that God has given us out there. And I was out there. And I remember I would just begin to just naturally 
talk to people, build relationship with people, be dang good at my job because I would have no respect if I wasn't an expert in my field. I would have no, nothing to stand on if these people, if I wasn't on their same playing field. So it doesn't mean as Christians we, did, we don't get to bypass the working hard in the marketplace. So I worked really hard. But then, that's the physical, and the spiritual began to have conversations with people. And people would come up to me all the time. In fact, my manager, he's like, I don't know what, he did not know how to help the human condition. <laughs> so, so when people were really messed up and they would go have like some drug bender or their relational life was falling apart and they were falling into divorce and all these things, they would come to his office and be like, I need help. And he's like, yeah, um, can you make an appointment with Stacy? He would literally have his team make appointments with me to help them with their life. And I would take every appointment. Hey, uh, manager said to come talk to you. I'm going through some stuff. Oh yeah, let's, let's chat about that. And I had one friend that worked at Paychex and she was also a sales manager. And her and I would partner together to minister to people in our company. And uh, I would chat with people just naturally. And I remember one girl, she was telling me, she's like, you know, just my life is all messed up, da, da, da. And I could just tell there's all this darkness, all this stuff. And I just said to her, I said, what are you, what are you doing? Like, what are you dabbling in? Like, there's a lot of dark clouds around you. You gotta talk their language, okay? And she goes, well, I meet with mediums and I do tarot card reading. And I'm like, <laughs> like everything she said, I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. And so I said that. I was like, no, 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 don't do that. Stop it. Just, just stop. Don't do any of that stuff anymore. And then I would just share with her about how to get free. She goes, well, I wanna get free. And I said, okay, let's go to my friend's office. <laughs> Cause I'm out in a cubicle <laughs> having these conversations. <laughs> and uh, I, would, I would ring my, my friend. I'm like, I kid you not. These are my little secrets, guys. I'd be like, Hey, I, I got a live one here. <laughs> it was like my code language. She knew what that meant. Come on in. So I'd go into her office, and it was a glass office, you guys. So it wasn't even that helpful. And we would sit our backs to the glass. And she would sit there, and I would bring the person. They would sit next to me. And I would say, can we pray? And they would say yes. And right there in a glass office, corporate America. I'd say, just put your hand out. Can I put my hand on yours? Yes. And I'd lead them through prayers of freedom. Demons would leave. Darkness would lift. Freedom was had right there in, in the world out there. They would get set free before they ever came into our church. That's what we have access to. Can I get everybody to stand to their feet? I'm gonna walk us through a prayer. I'd like everybody just to stand and to close your eyes. And I'm asking you to close your eyes because I believe this is a sacred moment. And I don't want, we don't need to be distracted by the people around us. It's not for them, it's for us, take it. <laughs> This is a moment where I believe 
just like Elisha's servant, our eyes are going to be opened. And I'm gonna pray the prayer that Elisha prayed. I'm gonna pray that God would open our eyes to the real story. I want you, even right now, to begin to picture what is it for you? What is that thing that's been holding you back? What is that struggle? What is that, that, that stronghold? What is a stronghold? A hold that is very strong that I can't get rid of by myself, so I need supernatural God to come in and to break that thing off. If there is something that we have been living with for years and years and years. Maybe that's not just our story. Maybe it's time to get free. Just like you heard from Chris's message this morning, when he realized poverty, when he realized that there was a mindset around money, it was time for a perspective to change, a revelation. He knew there was more in God and a change could happen. If you found yourselves in broken relationships, if you are struggling like Elon Musk's wife with grief, if you are dealing with pains and hurts that, that seem cyclical, my friends, anything that is cyclical is not God. It's time to live free. If you can't see your way to the future, it's time to break off the world. Time to let God so fill your heart and your mind and your spirit. And the only way to do that, my friends, is to be on the right side of power. It's to be on the God side and not the dark side. So if you're in this place, the very beginning of the steps of freedom is to acknowledge and receive Jesus as your Savior. Because believe you me, no other person, no other man, no other idol, no other God can free you the way that Jesus can. He not only will reconcile our eternity, but he will also bring us freedom. The Bible says that those who are free are free indeed. So if that is you in this place with no one looking, I just want you to raise your hand and I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand, amazing. I see that hand in the back, I see that hand in the middle. Hands going up everywhere, yep, if that is you and you're like, you know what, once and for all, it's time to surrender. It's time to let the world go and let God come. Make a change, let 2022 be so different than any other year. Let God so fill your heart and your mind and your spirit that you will never be the same again. In the best of ways, I see those hands, beautiful. I'm going to read four verses out of the Bible. Then I'm gonna pray, and church, you can pray with me, and we're all gonna be led into an encounter. First, receiving Jesus. Second, getting free. Are you ready? And especially those of you with your hands raised, you can put them down now, I've, I've seen them. You pray those prayers with all your heart and God will so fill your heart. Let me just read these over you. Just keep your eyes closed. The presence of God is here, healing already. This is what the Bible says, Acts 3.19. So repent, change your inner self, your old way of thinking and return to God 
Seek His purpose for your life so that your sins might be wiped away, blotted out, completely erased, so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, restoring you like a cool wind on a hot day. That's what's about to happen for those of us that have raised our hands and receive of God. That's called repentance, that I'm going to change the way that I have thought and I'm gonna receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And the presence of God will refresh your soul. And then we're going to live with the authority that God gave us, Matthew 28, 18. Jesus came up and said to them, all authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me and obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you and lo, I am with you always, remaining within you perpetually, regardless of circumstance and on every occasion, even to the end of the ages. And Matthew 16, 19 says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom, the authority of the kingdom and of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth, what you forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth will have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, you permit, you declare lawful on earth will have already been loosed in heaven. 2 Timothy 1, 7, for I have not given you a spirit of timidity or fear or cowardness, but I have given you a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and of personal discipline, abilities that result in calm, a well-balanced mind and self-control. Come on, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for every person that is here, oh God. And Lord, I thank you right now under the sound of my voice, oh God, that they have received and they have acknowledged you. And right now, why don't everybody just repeat a quick prayer? And we're just gonna pray together. Everybody repeat after me. Jesus, I receive of you. I thank you that you died for all of my sins and that you resurrected three days later to reconcile my eternity and so that I could live in all freedom as you have given me freedom. Now right there where you are in your seats, standing, I'm gonna pray for you that your eyes would be open to the spirit behind what's been happening to these cyclical situations. And then we're gonna pray and then you're gonna continue and on a Wednesday night, Wednesday night, you can come forward and we're gonna have more prayer to continue to get set free. God, oh God, right now, Lord. Oh Lord God, like Elisha. Lord, if you did it for him, you can do it for me. Lord, if you did it for him, you can do it for us. God, I pray right now our eyes would be open. God, begin to show us your spiritual truths. God, begin to show us the supernatural realm. Begin to show us the realness of our situation, oh God, that we are more than conquerors in and through Christ Jesus, that there are more on our side than there is on the, de on the devil's side. Lord, that there is light that overcomes darkness, that there are angel armies fighting on our behalf, oh God, that we would not live in torment and pain and trauma, 
but we would be set free by the power of your spirit and your love. God, oh God, right now we release, Father, your freedom. We release breakthrough in the name of Jesus. We bind every devil and we tell you to leave in the name of Jesus. We tell you, your spirit of death and fear and darkness and intimidation to leave right now in the name of Jesus. We speak to you, your spirits of grief and pain and you leave right now. I speak to you, spirit of of infirmity and sickness and I say you leave right now in the name of Jesus. We take authority that has been God given to every son and every daughter. And we raise up a standard against the enemy today. We raise up and we, we, we put a line in the sand and we say, devil, you cannot cross over that we are children of the living God. We are children of the most high God and we will live out our lives in accordance with your purposes. Come on, let's give God a really great cheer. Let's give God a really great Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.